And radio coming home newcastle's number one podcast we are honored to be a part of that crew and we are here at episode 12 i'm your host greg troxel i am with the sports curse legend elijah newsom how you yeah. doing yeah it's a bad weekend for me I yeah think all of my teams lost it actually extended into monday because this is a live thing but the atlanta braves were just eliminated from the playoffs yeah so yeah. you know syracuse lost florida state lost um, Newcastle lost. Atlanta United won, but Al Marone's done for the season. And oh yeah, the Falcons lost. So yeah, yeah, great Braves. And now the Braves are not in the playoffs anymore. So yep. And uh, this still continues. Episode twelve. Newcastle United have not won since we started the podcast. Still going on. Um, hopefully one day, one day that will change, or we might have to. If it reaches a certain point, we might have to dis- discontinue this. Uh, so we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll figure out what that is. <laughs> um, all right. So give us a follow. Uh, coming home, NUFC on Twitter. We have a Twitter account. Oh, yeah. Elijah, tell the people where to go. Uh, you can go to CHN underscore radio and check out our Twitter. It's us tweeting stuff. Yeah. So. It's worth it. it there's <laughs> some monetary value to that. Yeah, there is. Um, right now, let's see how many. We're at thirteen followers. Whoa, which is, which is that's big stuff. Um, but what we need to do is we need to get to like forty followers by the end of this week. So tell everyone to follow it. Um, yeah, we got some big stuff we're announcing from that account. So uh, you better follow it. Yeah, if you go on there right now, you might see a couple things. You might even guess. Um, or have a good guess of who it is, but we have a pretty big time guest coming up. Uh, you'll, you'll hear that episode on Friday. We just, uh, we dropped another hint today, earlier today. This is Monday um, to give you a little bit of insight on who that might be, but we'll be announcing who that is shortly. And then you'll hear that episode on Friday. Pretty good stuff. Uh, but follow us at CHN underscore radio there. All right, so today we're going to go over a little bit of club news. We're going to talk about the Manchester United match. Uh, a lot to, to unwrap on this, so we'll just dive right into club news. Not very busy, but uh, one thing I w- wanted just to mention for, I mean, I'm assuming, well, yes, you will be listening to this podcast on Tuesday. Well, on Tuesday, our U23s will pl- be playing Knotts County, the first team, Knotts County first team at in the second group match of the Czech trade trophy right now. Um, you can find an article that I wrote on it on our website, coming home, newcastle.com, but uh, Newcastle, the U23s are at the top of the group. They won their first match. They have three points, not lost to Grimsby town. So they're in third right now. So uh, a win on this and, and the U23s might be advancing past the group stage would be looking pretty good. So that's tomorrow. 
Another thing that popped up is a lot of reports came out that Newcastle sent scouts to see Francis Kimono, who's a he's a striker, currently plays for um, uh, Bordeaux. I think he's German, actually. Oh, no, no. Why did I say German? Uh, he's Kenyan. <laughs> For some reason, I was, I was looking. Uh, it's my fault because I was looking at something else. And you know when you look at something and you say it out loud even though when you're not? Yeah. That's yeah. So he plays for Bordeaux, and, and they, New, um, Newcastle actually sent scouts to see him in the Europa League match. Uh, that wasn't a good one for him as he missed a penalty towards the end there. Um, but, but wait, yes. wait. Spin zone. That's a good thing because Mike Ash will be like, oh, this guy missed a penalty. His stock's down. We can get him at a discounted price. Oh. Yeah. I love the takes. We are all about takes. And that's a yeah. good one. Uh, pretty good year for him, though. He has uh, nine appearances right now for Bordeaux, has seven goals. So I don't think – has Newcastle scored seven? No, I think they're at six. No. Actually, fun fact, Eden Hazard, who has seven goals this season, has more than Newcastle. Yep, that would be true. So uh, just something that, interesting to watch when you're sending scouts out to see players perform, especially in – European stages, it, it means something. So there definitely is an interest there. And then the last thing that we'll mention is the international call-ups. Uh, just ha- have an article coming out on that tomorrow. A few players, that it's all the normal players that you're going to see there. You're going to see um, Yedlin representing the U.S. Dubrovko will be with his squad. You'll have Otto Hutanen for the Finland U19s, Freddie Woodman. England U21s. Uh, I'm missing a few. Oh, Ki Sung Young got caught up. And Atsu and Clark. And Dummett. Okay, that's officially it. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing to say. We'll, we'll be tracking them. You can check our website out. I'll be posting updates on, on the performances of those players during the international break. So, Elijah. Yes. It was a tough one. It was a tough one on Saturday. Primetime, Saturday showdown. Manchester United 3, Newcastle 2. What do you got? Um, You know, that, that was tough. I think the toughest part for me was having so many people happy for me and texting me and sending me snaps of, of like, Jose Mourinho and all this other stuff. And then, like, immediately – after the game getting a lot of I'm sorry texts and yeah I had you know, pretty much so. a very similar thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like because I, I mean you know in America there's everyone can just choose whatever team they want because there's no regional affiliation or anything like that so there's a lot of Chelsea fans and Man City fans and Liverpool fans who just the especially the Chelsea fans that they really just want to see Jose Mourinho fail and everyone thought that was going to be his his sacking game, uh, and especially after the two early goals, but you know, yeah, other things happened. Yep, yep. And shout out to London is Blue Pod. They were definitely very happy with the first goal scorer, which we'll get into in a little bit. They gave us a nice little shout out. I'm sure they were pleased, um, but not how it ended, obviously. Um, but so starting lineup came out. Uh, Elijah, walk us through. Your your thoughts on this? So I'll just say the names real quick, and then I, I just want to hear what your ideas, opinions are. But Dubrovka and the back line, you had Yedlin, Lascelles, Fernandez, and Mankio. Midfield was Richie, Shelby, Diame, and Kennedy. 
Perez and Muto was kind of like a four four one one type setup. Yeah, um, I'll say this: this is what we asked for. Um, I mean, Sands Mankio. Uh, this is this is the lineup that um, you and I have wanted to see for a while with Muto playing. Um, not exactly what we wanted, I guess, because I think you and I both would have rather had Muto um, playing instead, like a, as a sub for Iose Perez. But given the form of the other two strikers um, on the books, one not being available and Hoslu just being awful, Rafa just threw Muto up top. And I have to say, I didn't hate it. Yeah, and even obviously you know the hate that we have towards Perez so far in this yeah. podcast. I, I don't want to use the word hate, but strong dislike. Um, they, they linked up very well, I thought. Yeah. There was something it was, there. It was his know, best was, game. Yeah. But it was his best game, not because he's a good player, but because Muto is like LeBron James and makes everyone around him better. <laughs> he is. He, he same size to same yeah, everything. Muto yeah. it is equal to LeBron. They say LeBron should play soccer and Muto is the personification yeah. <laughs> of that. That's exactly what he is. Exactly. Yeah. That's what everyone I'm sure is thinking right now. Yep. Okay, so so we'll go into the match. So uh, definitely weren't sitting back on this one. We got right on the front foot. It was pretty lively at the beginning. And then in the seventh minute, it was actually a throw-in on our own half. And it was thrown to Perez. And got to give him credit, Perez looking upfield. Muto and Kennedy are sprinting full force up, challenging Manchester United's back line. And Perez played an amazing pass uh, literally right between two, two defenders. I didn't think he had it in him. And it was to Kennedy, one touch to – or, yeah, yeah, he took a touch to get around Ashley Young and then s- stepped into the box and curled it inside the far post. And that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a heck of a goal. To yeah. Stay oh, my gosh. Yeah, and off the front the, – and you see Mourinho, he was so mad because you should never concede a goal on a throw-in on your own half two passes later. Like – that, that's ridiculous, and yeah, we just broke it right down. Uh, so great awareness by them. Um, what, what did you think on that build-up? Um, you know, it was just kind of shocking, and, and I think the first half was riddled with a ton of mistakes, and we can get into that later. Um, that honestly could have led to a score as, as ridiculous as 4-0 um, because Man United made a lot of mistakes, and they were mistakes that you weren't expecting um, a team of that caliber to make you would expect a team of like Sunderland to make where you're, you're mismarking guys. You're blatantly giving the ball away in your own half. Uh, you're having terrible clearances, stuff that league one, league two sides do. And that's why the games are so brutal to watch. But to see a team like Manchester United with the quality they have do the, do stuff like that. It kind of made you feel like Mourinho had lost the locker room and that maybe the team had turned against him. But as we find out, that didn't happen. So, yeah, yeah. And then uh, just shortly after that, everything was going up. You could only hear the Toon Army in that stadium. And then and the t- three minutes later, Perez, once again, makes a great play and wins a corner down the right. And uh, John Joe Shelby took it, sent it right over, and uh, sent it over to Paul Pogba, basically. And he cleared it for a throw-in. And that was taken and given to Shelby, Shelby who swept it into a cross that was actually, it was missed by Diame. I thought Diame was going to get it, but it was hit down by Muto. 
hit down by like on his stomach basically, and he slides it right in. And his first start, the Japanese samurai. One goal, one appearance, one shot. Two nothing Newcastle United. Yeah. It was a good goal too. It was not a fluky goal. It was a good goal. Like, I don't know. It's it's impressive. I, that's all I have to say about that. And it's the energy that he brings to the side is just it's something that definitely I think that we've been missing. And you know, it's very comparable to the work rate of Samon Rondon, but just like he's faster. So just like some of the runs he makes, and this was another good example of this, just like he just gets himself in the right position to score. And now that he's gotten used to the physicality of the game, this could be a gym. And I don't want to be like after one game, but if Rafa continues to play him, especially given the, the run of games we have coming up, you could you could expect Muto to, to have a coming out party. Yeah, and he's done it in top flights before, and we've mentioned that a few times. But, I mean, this looked amazing. He, what he does, and we complimented Rondon on this too, but Muto is just faster. But they, make, but they both make really good moves off the ball that, that set us up. And then in this situation, you're seeing us attack. I mean, Pogba cleared the ball, but we got it. I mean, we're able to just keep coming right back at him. And Muto was able to stay in position the entire time for something like that to happen. And luckily it did. Um, and from there, I mean, we, didn't, we still didn't let up. And the next, next bit of it that I wanted to get into is this penalty that wasn't called. Yeah, that was, uh, that was bad. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's Richie and Shelby over the ball. And I think it was Shelby that hit it. And it – man, I'm not even, I, I think it was Ashley Young. Or, it, it was Ashley it Young. Was. Yeah, so, so two players in front of Shelby. Shelby's – it's on the side of the, of the penalty box on our Newcastle's attacking left side. Shelby's trying to swing it into the box, and Ashley Young literally sticks his elbow out of, from his body. It deflects off of his elbow, and Ashley Young's jumping from inside the box and goes out of bounds, out behind the, <clears throat> the net. And we're screaming for a penalty, and the referee doesn't even give us a corner. He gives it a goal kick. That's, that, was, <clears throat> that's, that was bad. Like you, one thing, not giving it a penalty. Two, not even giving us a corner for it. Like, it's obvious it deflected off of his arm, and his arm was out from his body. And I just thought, as soon as that happened, I thought, it was like, how did DeAndre Yedlin get a penalty called for him when his arm being eight milliseconds away from the ball that Harry Maguire shot, like, in no time to react to? And then this one, Ashley Young legitimately stuck his elbow out. I was, I, I was furious. Yeah, it was bad, especially considering it was one of those where – um, the ref's got to be better at paying attention in general because it seems like the ref was looking at what was going on in the box and, and thinking about potentially calling a foul in the box and completely missed the actual play because it was like even if you missed the the um, the the ball hitting off of Ashley Young's arm, you would at least tell by the way the ball deflected out of bounds that there's no way that it was mishit because it deflected at such a weird angle. So it was one of those where I don't even think the ref was paying attention. And he was the only one with the good vantage point. I mean, the only other ref on that side of the field was, um, I mean, within a, not even a reasonable distance, but the only other ref on that side of the field is the assistant ref on the sideline, on the touchline, um, and he's in the middle of the field. So the ref was the only one in that general vicinity because um, the, the linesman 
was on the other side of the field. So he couldn't really, he couldn't have, he couldn't have a good view of the whole situation at all. So it was just, it was very odd. And it was, it was very much like, okay, we deserve that one. But I think many fans were kind of got over it really quickly for two reasons. One, we were up two nil and the incident with Muto, the very next uh, free kick um, was also just like, a, okay, that's a gift to us. Yeah, yeah. And one other thing I want to mention, and we'll, we'll talk, I'll have you talk about Muto uh, next, but this is why I am pro-VAR. Because this gives us an opportunity. This would, would have gotten reviewed for VAR, and it would have been a penalty rewarded to Newcastle. And we, there's a, what, 88% chance we went up 3 nothing. And with the mental capacity, oh, not, that's not the right word. With the mental strength, I guess you should say, not capacity, of Manchester United, they're not coming back 3-0 down at home. Oh, yeah. They're not. No. Yeah. That's it. Because they could get one goal in the second half. Everything could play out just as is, and they're still down two. They're not, they're not going to come back. I think we take all three there. And that's why I'm pro-VAR. But um, walk us through on the, on the other end. Um, I honestly forgot who delivered the, the, it was, it it was, was it a corner? I think maybe it was a corner. It was either a corner or like a free kick and the ball came in and basically like Muto, his arm was not in a natural position. It was definitely much less of a handball than Ashley Young's blatant one, but it was definitely one where it was up for debate. His, it, it basically hit off his arm and he brought it down. Um, but the camera angles that they showed, really kind of lean towards it hitting his chest slash shoulder area. So up for debate, but still some people say it's a handball, but Newcastle, I guess, got lucky there. And just yeah, kind of, imagine if that was re- awarded as a penalty. Oh, man, that would have been scenes. You would have seen. Yeah, yeah, that would have been awful. And I don't think, see, I don't think that should have been a penalty in any way because there was no deliberate intent. I still yeah. see it as, as the old rules is it, need, it needs to be deliberate enough to be a handball. Like they have to have moved their hand or arm in a way to stop that ball from going wherever it was going. And Ashley Young did that. That was deliberate. Mutos yeah. was more of, and I'll even say like, if it hits your amp, your hand or arm and your arm is like just naturally a little bit away from your body, that's still not a penalty to me. But if you are moving it in the direction of a ball and it hits your arm, yes, that's a penalty. And that's what Ashley Young did. That's why I was so upset about it. Um, so actually, an- another thing is Mourinho had a sub in the 19th minute. Bailey came out on for uh, – or sorry, Bailey came off. Juan Mata came on in the 19th minute. That's – and I don't think it was injury related. because we They were down 2-0. So that's how it ha- – it ended at halftime. It was two nothing. Everything was looking great. Um, oh, did, wait, was Diame's chance that he missed? Was that at the end of the first half or the? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when he had a chance and threw ball, and he hit it like pretty much straight at the keeper. Yeah, I like it. Could have been three four oh easily yeah, at halftime. Yeah, and there was another chance someone else had that was. Yeah, I'm trying to rack similar. them all up. Yeah, it was somewhat similar where they also missed from like a not point blank range but like a one-on-one situation it might have been might have been Perez but also don't quote me on that I just might my 
go-to is to either think it was Hasselu or Perez because they both suck at finishing one-on-one. Yeah. And it's also something of note, and I'm not going to be conspiracy theory here, but Anthony Taylor, the referee, is from Manchester. Oh. Oh. He is, was born, or he actually lives six miles from Old Trafford. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that happened. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm still very much in the boat of he's just, like, not a good referee because he missed two potential yeah, yeah back for sure. Back. Like, he's just – you're just, like – he might – they might want to reconsider his license. That's, yeah. that's, that's the boat I'm in. Something needs to be done with this stuff because <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of talking about it every week that we're missing an opportunity that seemed obvious. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there's a better job that they could do involving a camera or something. I don't know. Uh, 40 right well right after the half and actually I hated this McTominay an 18 year old grew up like grew up through Manchester United's ranks gets subbed out for um, Fellini and I hated that it's like he, he just I don't know I just felt like yeah it probably it worked out in the end but like I just the way Marina went about it I was just like what a trash move like to completely ruin this kid's confidence, like to take well, him out. I don't know. I yeah, mean, it, it, it ended was, up working out, but yeah, and there it was. It was definitely tactic tactic based because what what he had was Pogba kind of dropped back in a kind of register role, and it was yeah. it was very odd. But I mean, it's in Pogba's one of those types of players that can pull that off. There's only a few. There's only a handful in the world where you can just kind of plug them in any part of the midfield. And just kind of let them have the space to do what they do best. Yeah, he's one of them. Griezmann's one of them. Uh, there's only a couple others. Those are the two youngest guys right now. But, but yeah, it was just. I mean, it was a weird sub. And also, like, I hate watching Mario Fellaini play any sport, even if it was tennis. I just. Oh, ten- I think tennis would be worse to watch him. Yeah, it's just. I just don't like watching him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it it was. It started ugly pretty much immediately. Uh, Manchester United had a few chances five minutes into the second half. And Rafa actually took note of it and made a change in the 68th minute. Um, still 2-0 lead. It was Murphy for Kennedy. I have an issue with this one. You have our goal scorer, one of our best, best players going forward. Again, you're taking out. And I know you're thinking, okay, 2-0 lead. Let's, let's get some fresh legs in here, but you're not, you're not replacing Kennedy with a, I, I know, I don't know how to describe it because we don't have depth, but like, Lee, just leave him in. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think if you, it, my, my, I think my issue with the subs made is that if you're going to make a sub, I think what you do is you sub off Mankio, bring in another center back and have Kennedy play left back again, just because I think he's the type of player. And obviously this kind of came to fruition where when you need a goal, this is the like he's he's going to be able to create. And so if you're able, and I know Rafa hates going three in the back, but I think at that 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 time in the game, I think it would have just been a better move to bring on a different a, another center back, go three in the back, and then if you need to score a goal, you have that you still have the options of having Kennedy, Richie, Yedlin, et cetera, still all on the field. So I don't know it was a very weird sub, but but that being said, it was like. You know, if you're playing FIFA and you're you just you're you're thinking about how drained is my guy going to be, and 
obviously the more tired a player gets, the more prone to mental errors are gonna they they'll be. And so you're kind of thinking long term with that stuff, but it's still just like a I don't know. I just I don't like taking off one of your best performing players in any regard whatsoever, unless they've scored a hat trick and it's 89th minute and you want to give them a standing ovation. That's the yeah. only time I'm like, oh, take off your best players. Yeah, I just don't see it. And Murphy, it's not like he's a defensive player at all. He's yeah. he's a I guess a serviceable winger in the upper tiers of the championship. Um, as as of right now, he has had one great game for us, but he was awful. He came in, he was he was awful, and it was only two minutes after that where the comeback started, and it was the most mind boggling penalty or not penalty free kick uh, foul that that I've seen. I hate. I don't understand what like you're a professional Premier League starter, Modiame. And Fernandez did this too against Chelsea. And this is how both really started their scoring in the second half by foul right outside the box. Fernandez, if you remember, uh, Eden Hazard's back was turned to the net and he met the, the ball came right to him with his back turned and Fernandez went, ran right into the back of him and fouled him right outside the box and that led to the first goal. Here, Anthony Martial's right at the edge of the area, running into the box, completely covered. There's three guys around him, but Diame sticks his foot out and clips him about – what two, uh, two yards outside of the box there's no need to do that do you agree do you think it was as bad as i thought it was i, I think it's bad and i think it's also um it, it's i wouldn't say it's become a characteristic of modiami but you can if you were to isolate the past couple seasons he's had with us you can point to a few instances where diami has given away some really dumb fouls in some really dumb areas and not all of them have led to goals, but enough of them have where it's like, there's an issue with, with, and I wouldn't say it's a discipline issue, but it's more of a, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a discipline issue. There's just, you need to be better defending around key areas and, and not be giving away free kicks in the final third. Like it's just, you just shouldn't. It, 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 yeah. You're like you said, you're a professional footballer. Like you, this is stuff that, High schoolers, no, in America, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I, I was so livid. Like, you you just don't give away a foul right outside your box or in the box. That's the rules. Like, that's the rules. Just defend. Try that. Yeah, it's like, crazy. That was such a cheap foul. It was such an obvious foul, a deserved yellow, which is what he got. I, I, I was beside myself, and I knew it. Like, it was like, this is going to be a goal. There's no way that wasn't going in. And it was – the two subs that had already been made is Alexis Sanchez and Juan Mata. who stood over the ball, and Sanchez ran over it and left-footed kick. Or well, Sanchez ran over it, and then Mata left-footed it right over the wall, right to Dubravka's left, two to one in the seventieth minute. And like I had that feeling. Did you have it too? You yeah. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, and, and part of it was. That it was Juan Mata who scored, and and I think the the uh, most annoying thing, and it's not the most annoying thing. It's just like I, I was watching with a friend, and I was just like, so I wasn't mad, but it's just like, ugh, when you see Dubrovka guess the right direction and was fingertips away from saving that, and the only reason he didn't save it is because he hesitated. If you go back and look at the replay, you see he takes a quick jump, and then he. Then he decides to jump the right direction. So it was just it was more it was one of those where it's like ah because if that's saved, then I think the whole tone of the game is is different. I think Rafa 
brings on different subs. I just I think the tone of the game changes completely, and ugh, it just that, that that was tough. That was tough, and you could feel that. And like as soon as that happened, I was like, I think we're walking out of this with a draw, and I was completely content with walking out of Old Trafford with a draw. Yeah, at, at that at that moment in time, just considering that up until that point, Manu tactically come out different. They started playing like Manu that you know we saw in in the Champions League or Manu that we see in you know of last season or whatever, where they're starting to play with a little bit more freedom and and you're seeing the quality of the talent that they have and some of their players who have been ghosts all season were starting to play well. So it was start. It was one of those where I was like, "Okay, I'm complete. I'm content if we walk out of here with a draw, because that's better than walking out here have dropping dropping three points." And yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was only six six minutes later. Uh, Anthony Martial running up the left side. He's kind of doing playing along with Pogba, but just smashes it. Uh, right footed shot whistled right between Dubrovka and the near post. Matt Ritchie was almost on it, almost got there, but just a little too late. And we are all of a sudden tied, just with 15 to play. Do you have anything on that? That set of play is pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was straightforward. And, and at that point, Newcastle went into complete they, – they stopped going for it completely. I think – It was bunker still, mode, yeah. Yeah, there was still some – there was still a little bit of resemblance of like trying to go on a counter before that but you just didn't have the, the quality on, on the pitch in order to really create, um, you know, when you don't have Kennedy out there, who's going to be confident. And um, I think, I mean, and just, there just wasn't anyone out there who's going to be really willing to play the final ball. I think Perez kind of checked out mentally at that point. And so you, you really saw United go into bunker mode right after Manu scored uh, the second goal. And, and that was always going to be, that was never going to end well, considering how confident the players had grown uh, on the main U side and how that you saw the lack of confidence from Newcastle players, especially the substitutes. None of them played well. None of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. And right after that, um, as soon as they were about to restart, Atsu came on from Muto. So immediately our first two subs are our two goal scorers just completely being removed from the game. You know, that's, that's, good. that's good footballing there. I don't know. Yeah, Atsu and Murphy replacing Kennedy and Muto. I, I just don't get it. I, I've had issues with his substitutes in the past, and this is another game. It's like, wow, they just t- scored two goals in six minutes. We need a goal to win. Desperate for points. And let's just take our, our arguably oh, our best off. player. Uh, yeah, our, and Muto is arguably our best player. So, like, for this match. You're just, oh, yeah, for this wow, match for sure. Tie, yeah. tie game, so. Yeah, so 88th minute was our next sub. Um, Manchester United at this point has been putting it on, and we decide to bring on Hasselu for Perez. Um, sure. Yeah, like at this <laughs> point, why not? And that and that sub was just like, okay, we literally have no one else because you look at the bench, and it's like there's no one else you can bring on who's going to provide any sort of offense besides Hasselu. So – You'd already used up your offensive subs, but yeah, you had your choices left were Darlow, Clark, Cher, and Hayden. Yeah, that was your unused subs. You can't even really count Hayden as a sub. It's just like we have to use him 
and he doesn't want to be here. So, yeah. like, I think at this point, and it's it's this is uh, off the off the topic, but at this point, if I'm Rafa Benitez, I'm putting Sean Longstaff on the bench every game. Oh because, yeah, Sean because, Longstaff alert. Because it, it's it's pointless to have Hayden on the bench when you know you're not subbing him in ever. Like he, like he sucks and he doesn't want to be here, and he's shown that with every performance he's he's put on this season, which is one in which he got a red card. And so, like I don't know what what Rafa's expecting. I mean, I don't know if it's like a a mental game where he's putting Hayden on on the bench just to spite Longstaff into doing something, you know, into like not slowing down his ambition or development or something like that. I don't know what it is maybe he wants a lot he wants something a little bit more from Longstaff before he, he puts him on the bench but it's just like at this point it, it's really pointless when it's like he's on the bench and you know that he's not going to get any playing time whatsoever if I if if I'm going to put someone on the bench and they're not going to get playing time at least have have a young player so like their confidence is up and that they feel like they're they're making the necessary moves to be a proper Premier League footballer like it's just like I don't know why Hayden was. That was just like a little mini rant. It's just why is he on the bench? But anyway, yeah. no, definitely. Um, and uh, just two minutes after that comeback was finally finished. It was Pogba that that got away from Richie on the left side, and we'll, and we'll mention this a little bit. Manu attacked Richie and Yedlin um, on Saturday. It was it was crazy. I, I'm surprised with Mankio starting that they were attacking the opposite side, but uh, Pogba got away from Richie and. It crossed it in. It was the far side of the box. And it was between, like, the pass around Pogba, Lukaku, and then ended up with Young's cross coming in from the right. And Marshall and Sanchez both jumped in the air. And then, bam, <laughs> seven yards out. It was three to two. I mean, Sanchez, probably a deserved goal from how he came in and took over on that. So, we're down 3-2, five minutes of injury, time left. We get nothing. I, I, did we even have a shot in those five minutes? I don't think so. No. I'll um, say this, though. Um, it, it's, I mean, and some people pointed this out. It was pretty funny. I mean, from a neutral aspect, it was pretty funny that, um, that the players that, um, that have kind of been frozen out of the, the team or have been kind of just like Mourinho besides Pog, but kind of his main, like, uh, points of criticism, uh, that being like Martial, uh, Sanchez, Mata, all played like really well <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, it, it it sucks, but it was just ironic. But yeah, I, I I'm very still much in the camp that after that game, Mourinho still should have been sacked. Um, but I don't know. We didn't. Yeah. yeah, we didn't have a chance of getting back into that one. Yeah, it's annoying. But it it does come down to. The lack of depth, which is nothing new. Um, injuries obviously pay a factor um, in some regard. I think Dummett does a lot to shore up the defense. And even if, even though they didn't attack down that left side, Dummett just, he's just on set pieces on and every bit of way, he's just a much better player than Mankio. Um, and to be fair, Mankio didn't have a terrible game, but just. Oh, I agree with that too, yeah. Yeah. Like I just think Dummett Dummett provides also that composure. He's a veteran. He's a he's a leader on this team that you know maybe you're not getting from other guys who are much younger. So it, it's it, that that sucks. But also just the fact that 
Benitez wanted strikers. He wanted he wanted a cam. He wanted, and it's like for situations like this, like you still can't function with having only two cams on your roster. Well, I guess whatever that role you want to call it, similar type players, and then having them to play them both. And then when you need offense, you you don't know where to pull from because you have no offensive players that are that are not wingers, and your only striker is Hosselu and. He's definitely not the type to spark a comeback. So uh, it was just, it was tough, and the depth was one of the things people were talking about the most. I don't really think I saw a lot of people criticizing Rafa's tactics per se, because tactically you couldn't you couldn't really get at Rafa because um, Newcastle were so dominant in the first half. But um, yeah, just the, I think the lack of depth was just so apparent. It was it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. And both teams. So overall, I would say both teams did a good job of creating opportunities from the wing. I mean, that's kind of what Newcastle's done at a long time. And obviously Manchester United got a goal from it or actually really two goals from doing that. And, but, and when Newcastle were in possession, they created a ton of chances and the rare occurrence that we had possession we were creating things and that's due to like Manchester United being pretty aggressive uh, we were able to beat that out stay patient stay calm and, and create something out of it and that's a lot of positive to take especially against Manchester United at Old Trafford that's that's a positive to see um, so you had like Manchester United were essentially like all assault down the left side they dominated the ball for the entire match and they were completely content with crossing into the box and knowing that one of their very talented forwards is going to, to connect on it and that's going to be a goal. And that's what they kind of just took advantage of that. And I, I saw that there was actually Graham posted in our Slack chat. I, I don't know if you saw this, Elijah, but uh, Alexi Sanchez is worth as much as Newcastle United's starting lineup. Well, did you see that? Yeah, and you're not shocked here. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, what overall thoughts? How did you take this match? Obviously, it's extremely disappointing that we didn't get anything when it feels like it was much deserved. But let's just hear your synopsis. I would say it's 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 there are some positive takeaways, but I think there's some negative takeaways as well. Um, I think the positive is that one Muto looks like he belongs in the Premier League, um, and it and it was definitely. One of those where um, I think you it, you take things into a collective consideration of like if you've watched him in the Bundesliga and you've watched you know the ten minute spurts he's been able to get he's looking more and more confident and looking more and more like he belongs and he kind of just proved it and and it not just the goal I think even if he hadn't scored that goal and the say the scoreline was still the same I think some of the runs he made and some of the opportunities he was able to create um, kind of spoke to him being. A, a good buy. So that's good. And Kennedy being back in form and getting that goal, getting his confidence back up only bodes well for Newcastle going forward as well. It's also reassuring to know that Newcastle can generate offense, um, which has been a worry um, when you haven't been able to do it. So I think that's good. Um, and I think that it's, it's especially good considering that we're going we're going to a run of, of, of weaker opponents. And I know you, you mentioned this um, on Twitter about, you know, there's a real good potential to, to you know, really climb back up into the table. Um, 
with the, the run of matches coming up. I mean, and I guess the negative, the biggest negatives, I'd say, I think some of Rafa's substitutions still, um, and I don't think the issue was as apparent as it is. Uh, it wasn't as apparent last year as it is this year. And um, part of that was was just, I think, we had a little bit more attacking options. Even if they weren't the best, it seemed like the subs made sense. Um, and then I'd say also just the lack of depth, which kind of goes back to the summer transfer window. And just, like, Mike Ash has a lot of work to do um, this January if he wants to not only retain Rafa but retain his status in the Premier League. It's just there's a lot to be done in terms of signings. And you only have – you have much less time to do so. And we already know how quickly um, Newcastle's board and, and Lee Charnley and Rafa have have been uh, with with transfers. And so um, it, it, that's definitely a point of concern. And you, you really get worried if we have an injury scare at any position now in the field. Like uh, there's no position where I feel, okay, if we lose a striker, if we lose a – a winger uh, it's uh, for a couple weeks I feel okay but there, there's literally no position anywhere I mean maybe center back um where I feel comfortable so yeah yeah and that's it I, I said give it 10 before you freak out we have eight we've done eight but our next six I'll say home against Brighton at Southampton home against Watford home against Burnmouth at Burnley and then I can't remember if it's home or away because I don't have it in front of me but West Ham after that yeah, and West Ham's not good. Yeah, so this is an opportunity. Um, just to go over some of Rafa's quotes, we've heard these, these before. He essentially said the same thing um, at Leicester, but he said the first, the first quote is what got me because I'm pretty sure it's word for word. He said, it is difficult to take because we did so well. <laughs> I've definitely heard Rafa say that a few times. But he said at 2-0, we had chances to score a third and we had control against a very good team when we conceded the first goal we started to have problems because they have so many good players they could bring off the bench and it's difficult to contain them we have to stay calm and be sure to continue working in this way because we will win games if we play like that we have more or less the same squad we changed some players we did well last season because we were consistent and we are working from the beginning until the end very hard and i think we will do the same um he also mentioned uh a little bit later in the interview he said <clears throat> because when you play against these teams, five of the top six already, last year we were in the bottom five in December and finished 10th. This year, hopefully we'll do the same. So it's another thing like him just saying, stay the course, we're going to be good. And, and actually, I, heard, I don't know if it was on Saturday or yesterday, Rafa was quoted and saying, if we play like that all the time, we're going to win some games. And that's definitely true. Yeah, and I would even go as far to agree with his quote about, you know, the, the amount of talent they have off the bench. And this is something we definitely just – we touched on, but it's it's definitely one of those things where if we do the same thing next week, we go up two goals against Brighton. I, I have no – I'm not expecting Brighton to to have anyone on their team who's going to mount a comeback uh, of that would result in us losing 3-2. Like, it's just – like, and there's so many teams in the Premier League where I can say the same. I mean, there's only a couple other teams, you know, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, and we've played the majority of them, Tottenham as well, where I'm like, okay, if we go up 2-0, no, I can I, – you know, I, I'm, I'm worried about some of the bench players. And, and so I, I do think that, you know, 
the depth of Man U as bad as they've been this season is still something that can't be ignored. They still have they're still bringing you know starters for international teams off their bench. So it's like it's it's very it's 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 very good that we were able to put on a good performance, but it's also just indicative of the Mike Ashley era that one of the reasons we lost is just simply due to us not having the depth to compete with some of these bigger clubs. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to, to Brighton specifically, but Glenn Murray would be one. The only guy I could think of, he has five goals already this year, but as far as building a team to come back, no, no, they're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so, so some stats for you. Um, I mentioned it. Muto scored his first Premier League goal. That's the 139th different Newcastle player of the 228 that have played for us um, in the Premier League and the very first Japanese player to score for the team. So congratulations to Muto. It's definitely deserved, and we're happy to see it. Um, but it was a an away match of very unique proportions. The last time Newcastle went on the road, up 2-0 and lost. 1983 to Derby County. Derby. Derby. Sorry. I, I, I don't want to upset the American. Locals. I was an American there. Yeah. Um, it's the first time that we've had a two-goal lead at halftime on the road in the Premier League but lost. So that's the first time in the Prem that's happened. Um, and – that's the seventh time Manchester United have come back from lose from being down two goals to nothing. I think that's about it. Oh, then there's the one we almost tweeted out. It's in the drafts of the coming home Newcastle. Oh, yeah. now, Rafa would have been the first ever Premier League manager to win at, at Old Trafford with three different Premier League teams um, if we had won against Manchester United this past weekend. Yeah. So that's something and fun. One last one. Um, Magpies, they had their first lead in a match this season and the first time scoring twice in a, in a game this season. Yeah. Um, but it is now eight matches without a win and one in our last 14 games. So, fun fact. Yep. Um, so, as far as I mentioned last week, uh, 538 is a statistics website that I – kind of look a lot at and it just kind of goes over predictions and who's going to do what those type of things. And in the premier league, it still does not have us as the favorites to get relegated. So they're, they're really saying that our squad is good enough. And you can argue that with the way we played against the top sides. So right now we have the fifth best chance of getting relegated at 28% chance. Carter city's first 54 Huddersfield, 53 Fulham, 36 Burnley, 35, and then Newcastle at 28. Um, and they have, what do you a, mean? Fulham, who spent a hundred mil this summer. Yeah, exactly. So don't don't count us out. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I would go as far to say is it's not the squad. And I think there's been a lot of people who we've interviewed. If you can listen to interviews, um, one coming out this Friday. I don't know if anyone knows about that one. That's that's a big one. You're gonna um, want to. You're gonna want to hear that one. Yeah. Um. And the people we've interviewed have all said the same thing that the squad is not a great squad by any means not good one even you could argue but it's just the tactical genius of rafa rafa benitez is is the reason why i wouldn't peg us to go down yeah yeah i would agree um their end of the season predictions right now have us in uh 16th place 
final at 38 points. They have Fulham below us at 36, Burnley relegated at 36, Huddersfield relegated at 32, and Cardiff relegated at 32. I'd be surprised if Cardiff gets over 10 points this season, but whatever, we can go. Yeah, <laughs> that's can, fair. If they have 32 points, I, that's one of the great, like, Neil Warnock should win manager of the year if they get 32 <laughs> um, <laughs> First time manager of the year has been relegated. Yeah, seriously, I, I just, I mean. Yeah, that's, a, can, that's not a good squad. Yeah, <laughs> we can, I mean, we, we're, we're complaining about how bad our squad is, and I think they've spent half the amount that we have, so. Just and and, and to their point, I don't think they were expecting to spend a ton of money. Um, no, 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 no. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're, if they're back up relatively soon just with the amount of money they'll get from just being in Premier League for one season. If they spend their money right, and I think they've got a good manager behind them, I think that they they could be back. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it, it, they're, they're, they aren't a consistent Premier League club with a terrible owner who could spend but refuses not to spend. But, yeah. Yeah, so Elijah, who's your best player? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Martin Dubrovka. Um, oh, I like there that. There were a lot. That, like, there were a lot of, of – there was just a lot of shots he saw. Like, and I cannot stress how many shots he saw in the second half. And he was very ridiculous. And I, I will say this. He came close – shots. Yeah. He came very close to saving the, the Mata – uh, free kick as we as we discussed but there was also a sequence where he had like two or three straight saves off of just like long range shots from the likes of like Pogba and others and it's just like these were like these had goal written on top of them and it was definitely that was kind of the point where I'm like all right we could lose this game um because there was like two for sure goals that he saved so uh, yeah I and you know I love giving the goalkeepers love um and I think he definitely deserves it. He he played out of his mind, and he's looking more and more like a steal. Um, not many people pay attention to Bleacher Report football, but their their site they do uh, positional rankings. And Dubrovka has remained like in the top, like he's been in like the top six or seven as a goalkeeper this season. So people are starting to take notice. Um, who are not you know particularly Newcastle fans, but um, yeah, he he was great. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. I think he's right up there. Um, the, the, and it's kind of funny, my, my best player, we actually haven't really mentioned, we mentioned some of the, the buildup going through the match, but I, for me, it's Shelby and I, I really wanted to pick Muto and I think Muto deserves it. I think Kennedy deserves it. I think both of them played very great. Um, but Shelby was an absolute force in this one and he was an, kind of an unsung, unheralded hero in my opinion. It actually it goes to show because we barely talked about him in this podcast, yeah. but he did so good. He was so composed, so controlling in the pitch. And you have guys like Pogba and Matic and McTominay was in there as a youngster running all over the place and Rashford and Lukaku and Martial all within like, what, 10 yards of him pretty much at all times. And yeah. he was so, confo- so composed, pinging the ball. Um, so I loved this game from him. And if we can get that for the rest of the year, oh my gosh, we're, we're definitely going to be fine. Um, yeah. But, yeah, shout-outs to Muto and Kennedy getting those goals. They're definitely deserved. All right, now let's get to – and shout-outs to Lascelles, too. Another good game by him. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't want that to go on notice. He's great. Yeah. Greg, um, you should go first for the worst player. Okay, I actually – I tussled with this because I really want to pick Perez, but he had a good game. So I'm not yeah. going to pick Perez. He had a great assist. It, he had a good game. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm surprised he didn't get any, like – 
lashback on Twitter for him having a good game. So thank you. But um, I really was toying actually between Federico Fernandez, who I thought was awful. And then I was like, nah, it's Murphy or Atsu. And you just got to pick one of them. And it was Atsu for me. They're, um, they're pretty interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think, I think both of them were, were noticeably worse than I think Federico, I think was, had his worst game. He just was not able to keep up every, every cross they had to the opposite side of the box. He was locked on and lost it. Um, but when, so in the beginning, I was like, man, Fernando's having a howler. Like, not good at all. And then they subbed on Murphy, and I was like, oh, <laughs> never mind. I'm not worried about Fernando's anymore. Yeah. And then they subbed on Atsu, and I was like, oh, man, this is, this is a disaster. So Atsu's mine. Just, he's just bad. <laughs> yeah, and on top of the Atsu point, I think, you know, what gives Atsu the edge over Murphy, in my opinion, is just Atsu was good for us. And so that's the frustrating thing is that we've seen Atsu at his best and we've seen him be a dynamic player. And not only, of course, during the championship season, he was unreal. But even he had moments last season. Of course, he then dropped off and has never recovered. But he had moments last season where you're just like, okay, all right, Atsu, you're not too bad. Um, and then he kind of just completely fell off the face of the earth and has not been able to climb up out of the pit of misery um, in terms of form. But um, for me, it's actually Diame. I think that his foul completely changed the course of the, the game. And and I do think that Man U was and they were putting on a lot of pressure um in the in the second half. Um but that was kind of like that goal gave him the confidence to to even, you know, overload even more pressure and and boost the confidence of Juan Mata who became very much involved in that in in the in Man U's build up um despite having it already been on for 20 minutes. So um, I, I'd say that, but also Diame was still doing very much Diame stuff where he's just kind of like giving the ball away in the midfield and I'm um, losing possession. And he's still as big and as athletic as he is. He's still so clunky. His first touch is still so bad. And on top of that, he missed one of the best chances that we had all game um, right in front of the keeper, one-on-one a through ball. He got like off an intercepted pass and he just completely – he completely missed it. And that reminds me of you can dig on Ayose Perez because he, he was the player that missed the other chance because oh, I remember, yeah. remember I there this? should be a gif. He completely oh. missed the ball completely. It was like watching Charlie Brown. It was hilarious. It was like sad because it was like one-on-one situation in the box. Like it, he's, he can shoot it with his left and put it past the keeper and he runs up to it and completely misses the ball completely. It was, it was. I actually have that written down, and I just. It was so funny, I'm but yeah, so but I, but I think Diame uh, for me is just like, and I obviously very much agree with you with Murphy and Atsu, but Diame is just another one who deserves criticism after that match. Yeah, agreed. All right, so um, I wanted to mention in the beginning, I didn't, so I'll mention it now. So because of the international break, we're gonna have a little bit of a different schedule on Friday, as we have mentioned. We have a very special guest for you, and that will be announced a little bit later in the week. Go check out, follow us on, on Twitter at Coming Home NUFC, and our podcast account is at CHN underscore radio to get more updates on who that is. It's a really good, good interview. It was awesome. Uh, so enjoy that. That's going to be coming on Friday. Next week, at the beginning of the week, you're going to have our next episode, our second episode of Beyond the Tune, where we talk about, we interview fans from around the world that don't live in Newcastle 
This one, you're getting a very special treat. You're getting the Southeastern United States edition. Yeah. Way down yonder. Edition. <laughs> the way down yonder, way down yonder, the tune edition of <laughs> the Bible Belt edition too. All of it. Hot chicken edition. Yeah. Of, of, of that. Uh, pretty, pretty great interviews there. And then that little later that week, we'll preview our next match. So just give you a little idea of what we're doing there. So let's look at the table. Uh, we kind of mentioned it, but we did drop a spot to Huddersfield. We're in 19th now. Cardiff 20th, Huddersfield 18. We're, we're still three points away from 16th. Southampton and Fulham have five, are on five points. Top of the table, Man City, Chelsea, and Liverpool all have 20 points. Arsenal in fourth with 18. Tottenham in fifth with 18. And then Brighton, Wolves at seventh. And Manchester United in eighth. All right, your questions. We had one, so and we all know who this is. We all know who is the one person that's asking the question. It is the official inquisitor slash questionnaire of Coming Home Newcastle's number one podcast, CHN Radio. Trevor. The GOAT. The GOAT says, you ready for this one, Elijah? Are you ready? Uh, yeah, sure. Are you ready? Yes. All right. I'm really hype, overhyping this. Um, he said, since it's becoming a trendy new fad in Newcastle to foul players right outside the box for fun, what creative punishment would you give the next idiot that takes part in this naughty trend? You can tell Trevor is a little heated this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a little little bit of disdain towards this question. I like that, though. I like it. We need, we need a little diversity in, in those at times, and it does show the mood. So what's a, what's a punishment that you would uh, give to this trend that Newcastle players love doing? Um, I would make them um, have to sit at a table with Mike Ashley, locked in a room, um, and I'm pretty sure Mike Ashley spits his spits when he talks, and be like five inches away from his face and have to feed him like loaded bacon and cheese fries with like jalapenos and chives and onions and and obviously bacon, a bunch of cheese. And you have to feed him that while he just talks about how great Sports Direct is. And you have to do that for like six hours. And you just have to endure him <laughs> spitting cheese fries. Is drinking oh. too? Because I heard he's fun drunk. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. definitely drunk. And he's just like burping and spitting all in your face. <laughs> and you have to just endure that for six hours in the I'm, kiddie pool. I think we <laughs> could – we could get Mike Ashley up to Newcastle a lot more often if we make that a punishment. He'd, yeah. he'd be so willing to come up. I think if we just – I think, like, I don't know why we aren't – we just put a tap, like, in his – like, next to the seat he sits at. Yeah. And he'll just be there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we want him to be there, but he would. I mean, if you really do want him to be there, that would do it. Yeah, we also we didn't we didn't we forgot to mention this is what three straight for Mike Ashley. This might yeah. be a record. Yeah, of recent is. for for him appearing at matches. Yeah, and it's we've fun. lost them all. Yeah. Hmm. Well, no, no, no. We drew Crystal Palace. Oh yeah, you're right. We drew. We drew. Yeah. Um, I would. I'm gonna give a shout out to Newcastle boxer, current British lightweight champion of the world, Lewis Conor Ritz. McGregor. Lewis Ritson. Oh, it wasn't Conor McGregor. Oh, so, awkward. Mohamed Diame, your punishment is 10 rounds against Lewis Ritson. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> 10. 
Like, it yeah. wouldn't even last 10 rounds. It would be a KO in, like, the first, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. Now, Diame is a lot bigger than Ritson because Ritson is lightweight. But Ritson would absolutely pummel yeah. anyone on her Oh, my. LaSalle we, might be the only one to get a, get a shot in. Um, I, I don't even think it. so. Like, I think we saw with Mayweather McGregor, like, if you're not a boxer, no matter how good of a fighter you are, like, you can't, you can't step in a ring with a boxer. Like, no. Yeah, with the cannot. rules, like they're trained to fight under those rules and under those circumstances. It's just like it's different. Like, yeah. oh man, yeah. And that's my punishment. So Federico and Mohammed, you are up. <laughs> Get ready, yeah. Lewis Ritten. I hope you listen to the podcast. Give us a shout out if you do. <laughs> All right. Um, and, uh, wishful thinking there. I have a question for you, Greg. All right. Serious question. Who is the next goal scorer for Newcastle United this season? Are we talking about international break? Does that count? Uh, no, because <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very optimistic here, and I'm gonna say it's Yoshinori Muto. Okay, that's that's not a that's not a bad guess. I he's think not, I, and he's also not getting called up, which I think is even better. Like I hope he's staying there in Newcastle, learning the language a little bit more, like really getting everything under his belt. This is a big opportunity for him. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with John Joe Shelby. Oh, I would love that. He's he's due for a couple each season, just a yeah. couple either just bangers or free kick goals. Like, he's just due for one soon. And yeah. I think it's going to be one of those, like, put us up 2-1 kind of situations. And, you know, oh, I, I would know. love it. I just think he is. I mean, a dark horse candidate would be Jamal LaSalle's because I feel like we haven't, we haven't gotten as many set pieces um, this season. But on the on some of the ones that we've been able to, you know, especially corners, um, Lascelles has been pretty close to scoring a couple. And yeah. He's either he's in the area or he's misheaded or something. He's been pretty close, so he's due for his his collection of headed goals. Oh, sometime. for sure. I, I like either the anyone, honestly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. If someone can score, yeah. that'd be great. That would be or, great. Or you know, dark horse of the dark horse own goal. Don't forget leading goals. Oh, yeah. Own goal on, on, on fire right now. Yeah, for sure. Do you got anything else? Um, no, uh, I'd just say stay tuned to CHN underscore radio. Give us a follow on Twitter. If you aren't already following us, there is some dope stuff being announced pretty soon. So if I was on Twitter and I was a person not following the account, I would go ahead and open my phone right now and hit follow unless you're driving. Please do not tweet and drive. And then once you're done following, you're going to read the tweets and you're going to see how much you like it that you're going to go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. Yeah, we need good those. segue. Good segue. And then you're going to say, you know what? This was a nice five-star review that I just gave them. I'm going to email them at chnradionufc at gmail.com. I'm just going to tell them how much I love the podcast. Oh, hey, by the way, can you guys interview this person? I'd really like to hear that. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So let's yeah. do it. Oh, and here's another thing. Oh, what if I'm in a Toon Army Facebook group and I want to share this podcast with my friends in the Facebook group? Oh, I think that'd be a great idea. Wow. Greg. That would be a great. We're just full of good ideas today. Let's do it. Everybody band together. Get us around the world so we can bring Newcastle around the world. Yeah. Toon Army and Article were coming for you. <laughs> there we are. That concludes episode 12 of CHN Radio. Like I said, Coming Home Newcastle's number one podcast in the world. I'm your host, Greg Troxell, the best co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And away the lads. When you-
we got the we put on the way we went again But them that had the noses broke they came back our again Some went to the dispensary and some to Dr. Gibbs's And some to the infirmary to mend the broken ribs's To sing a song and I sang a paddy singing. I danced a jig and swung between the day I went to bleeding. There were spice styles and monkey shows and ad wife selling ciders. And a chef of a hockney's own devotion and no more lads for riders. Oh, no. 